Hey everyone, and welcome back to True Crime Cases. For our very first episode, I wanted to cover a case that is currently ongoing and began in May of last year when Suzanne Morphew, a loving mother of two and wife, goes out for her usual bike ride in the small town of Maysville, Colorado, and is never seen again. On May 10th, 2020, which was Mother's Day of last year, Suzanne's two daughters were out of state for a camping trip, but they attempted to reach their mom to wish her a happy Mother's Day, I'm sure. When several of their calls go unanswered, they decide to reach out to a neighbor to um, run next door and just go check on their mom. Now, when the neighbor arrives at the Morpheus home, there is no sign of Suzanne anywhere, and I'm not exactly sure how they came to the conclusion that Suzanne had gone out for a bike ride, um, because there are really no eyewitnesses that I could find who actually confirmed they saw her on a bike that day. But from what I've read, the neighbor noticed that Suzanne's bike was also missing from the home when they went over to check on her. And because Suzanne was a regular biker, she went out frequently. It was part of her normal schedule. They all assumed that um, she had just gone out for one of her usual bike rides and still hadn't returned. And after some time passes, Suzanne still has not come home and nobody's been able to reach her all day. So at this point, the neighbor does decide that it's time to alert law enforcement. So on May 10th, that evening at 5.46 p.m., the Chafee County Communications Center receives the missing persons report for Suzanne Morphew. Now, at the time of Suzanne's disappearance. Her husband, Barry Morphew, was actually out of town on business. He was about 150 miles away, to be exact, in the Denver, Colorado area. And when he is alerted that his wife has gone missing, no one can find her, he drops whatever work he's doing and he starts to head home. At this point, law enforcement has shown up to the home and they've begun Searching the surrounding area, Suzanne's normal bike path would have been on County Road 225 and West Highway 50. So this is where they start their search, looking in that general area since they believe that Suzanne has in fact gone out for a bike ride and something has happened to her. Now, searchers do find Suzanne's bike um, on the night of May 10th. I'm not exactly sure where it's found. Reports are a little bit unclear. There's a lot of information that is put out by the family or by locals and hasn't exactly been corroborated by police. And this is just because it is an active investigation. So that's very standard. But I did read um, on certain sites that Suzanne's bike was found as close as a half a mile away from her home. Um Unfortunately, that would be all they would find that night. And since they're out in mountainous terrain, it's a rural area. There's not much they can do once it's dark out. They're forced to call it a night and they pick up 
where they left off the next morning. And they include drones. They've got scent tracking dogs as well as boots on the ground. Uh, They go on for about four days searching nonstop and there's still no sign of Suzanne. At this point, Barry Morphew still hasn't spoken to the public, but he puts out a reward of $100,000 and a family friend ends up matching this amount. And that sets the reward at $200,000 for Suzanne's safe return. And Barry said, quote, no questions asked. They just want her safe return home. Now, according to Dara Bittler and Colleen Flynn reporting for KDVR, on May 15th, more personal items of Suzanne's are found. It's not sh- it's not really clear where, if it's on the property, just in that, I'm just assuming it's in that vicinity right there. Uh, law enforcement would not comment on exactly what the personal item or items were because of the ongoing, ongoing investigation. Now, Suzanne has been missing for five days, and at this point, the FBI is involved as well as the CBI, and local and federal law enforcement are all working together in an effort to find Suzanne and bring her home. The Pueblo County Sheriff's Office dive rescue team um, is sent out to search the nearby bodies of water. There's a lot of ponds nearby um, on their land, and all of those searches come up empty as well. On May 17th, about a full week since Suzanne's disappearance, Barry Morphew posts a video on Facebook asking for Suzanne's safe return. Now, this is Barry's very first time speaking to the public since his wife disappeared. And this video has been widely scrutinized by everyone from body language experts on YouTube. Um, It's been talked about in the press quite a bit. Obviously, there's no way to know what normal behavior would be in these kind of circumstances. Everyone reacts very differently to grief and to something as traumatic as this. Um, But this is really when a lot of speculation starts spreading about Barry. And it doesn't really get much better for him after this. Now, just two days later, on May 19th, Suzanne and Barry's home is cordoned off, and the Colorado Bureau of Investigation announced that the home is, in fact, being held as part of the investigation into Suzanne's disappearance. The sheriff's office puts out um, a request to the residents of the area to preserve any video footage that they might have from any devices such as, you know, doorbells, phones, security cameras, whatever it might be. And they want them to preserve that footage, anything that they might have from May 8th to May 12th. And after that time kind of just starts passing by with little to no information on where Suzanne might be. And the residents of Chafee County start getting a little bit more impatient, a little bit more worried. And they start, you know, demanding information from law enforcement at this point because they don't really know what's going on. Now, Mary Branson was a neighbor of Suzanne, and she has lived in that area of Colorado for 31 years. And she ended up telling KDVR that investigators had actually set up camp on May 21st at a construction site next door to her, which happened to be one of Barry Morphew's work sites. Now, I mentioned before Barry was out of town 
um, the day of Suzanne's disappearance. And Barry was like a landscaper slash construction contractor type of guy. So he, you know, owned heavy machinery and that kind of stuff for landscaping purposes. Uh, she said that law enforcement had heavy equipment there. They were digging in quite a few places looking for any sign of Suzanne. And she said they remained there for about three days. And unfortunately, law enforcement did say later on that they did not find any evidence linking that location to Suzanne's disappearance. Now, some time goes by, and on August 11th, it's been three months at this point since Suzanne's disappearance, Barry does his first interview with KXRM's Lauren Scharf. Um, He refused to do this in person. He did not want the interview recorded and aired on TV. Um, It was about a half hour long, and in this interview, Barry starts sharing several things theories of what he thinks may have happened to Suzanne. Uh, He included that he thought maybe she could have been attacked by an animal. Um, Maybe it was a hit and run type of incident or even a potential run in with someone that she knew well um, and had gone bad. Barry also stated that he thought that some of the information that had been put out there around his wife's disappearance had painted him in a bad light. And this was the reason that he had stayed out of the public eye and remained so silent. Um, Some of the information he might be referring to is the interview Suzanne's family had actually done with Fox 21, in which they claimed that CBI agents had asked Barry to take a polygraph test on not one, but two separate occasions. And both times Barry had refused. Um, To me, this isn't exactly a smoking gun. Polygraphs are extremely unreliable. And I mean, any good lawyer is going to tell you to do exactly what Barry did and refuse to take one. Um, Barry ended up denying that he'd been asked to take a polygraph test and claimed that he had been nothing but cooperative with law enforcement and that he had answered every single question that they had asked. Um and that he had absolutely nothing to hide. But others started pointing out that they found it very odd that Barry wasn't speaking out publicly about his wife's disappearance, uh, with one local saying, quote, any info is good info if you're trying to find out what happened to the mother of your children. Another resident who worked at the local poncha market described a strange encounter with Barry when he knocked on the store window on May 12th at around 8 p.m. with a handwritten note on the back of what looked like a receipt with a description of Suzanne, not of Suzanne, but of what Suzanne might have been wearing when she disappeared. I saw a picture of this and it looked like he said it said baby blue helmet on the back or something like that. And the employee at the shop just thought it was very odd that Barry didn't describe Suzanne herself, like the color of her eyes, her height, her hair, nothing. Now, this could be considered odd, but then again, you can't really judge what behavior is odd and what isn't in these circumstances that he's dealing with. Um, Barry does go on to say that he 
doesn't exactly have confidence in the way that law enforcement has handled the disappearance of his wife, saying, quote, the sheriff's department screwed this whole thing up from the beginning, and now they're trying to cover it up and blame it on me, end quote. He went on to cite an incident that he found particularly troubling, which occurred, he said, when deputies found his wife's bike. He said, my buddy was there right after that, and he said that they completely destroyed the evidence, and he tried to stop them, but they wouldn't listen to him and said, this is not CSI. He said, there's no evidence for the investigators to see because the sheriff's department completely obliterated it, end quote. Now, things only really get worse for Barry from here on out. On December 2nd, Jeff Puckett, who is a co-worker of Barry's, uh, comes forward with information about the morning that Suzanne went missing. Jeff said that he was ordered to go to Denver by Barry for work, but that he, when he got there, he never saw Barry. Barry had already left before Jeff had arrived. Um, and that Jeff had told him he had to leave due to a, a family emergency, which obviously he's probably referring to the disappearance of Suzanne. Now, Jeff told dailymail.com that he arrived at the hotel in Denver on Sunday night and the room quote, smelled like chlorine real bad, end quote. He said it was the room that Barry had allegedly stayed in and that he believes Jerry had taken a shower and his wet towels were all over the floor. Now, Daily Mail confirmed with the hotel manager that chlorine is not a cleaning substance used to clean the rooms. And at this time, the pool wasn't even open because of the pandemic going on. Jeff also stated that Barry had left some mail in the room, which Jeff turned over to the FBI. Jeff later said that he found the mail being left in the room odd, like it was left there on purpose so that Barry could refer back to that almost as a sort of alibi. Jeff also noted that Barry had not left any of the necessary equipment for the job to be completed, which was very frustrating for him, and that I, I believe he said he ended up leaving and having to go back. At this point, Barry agrees to another phone interview with Fox 21's Lauren Sharp, in which he defends himself against the allegations made by Jeff. He said in the interview, quote, listen, Jeff Puckett was in prison for nine years. Barry said he gave Jeff a job and an opportunity when he hired him. And when asked about the scent of chlorine in the hotel room, Barry said, quote, I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush. It did. It smelled real strong. I'm like, damn, that's just what I thought. End quote. Barry said he figured that the hotel had just cleaned the room with chlorine because of the ongoing pandemic. Obviously, that was proved to not be the case later on, as confirmed by the hotel manager. Um, unfortunately, the hotel room isn't the only place where a strong smell had been detected. According to Suzanne's brother, Andrew Mormon, information had been relayed to him by initial investigators that the Morphew home had an overwhelming smell of bleach. However, this has not been confirmed by law enforcement, so this is 
just what the family has has stated uh, to the public. Now, when Lauren for Fox 21 asked Barry what he would say to the people who think that he did it, he answered, quote, absolutely not. I love my wife. I would never hurt my wife. She is the light of my and my daughter's lives. This whole thing is killing us. And that is why I want our privacy. End quote. Now, on September 24th, a search had been organized by Andrew Mormon, Suzanne's brother. Um, the search included Chafee County Sheriff's Office, CBI, and hundreds of volunteers and would last about six days. Andrew had been very vocal pretty early on, I would say, about the fact that he believed his sister was murdered or already deceased. He told Fox 21 News, I just want to find my little sister. I want to bring her back home and give her a proper burial. End quote. Andrew said that he believed that law enforcement had exhausted all of their resources at this point, and that's why he had organized another search and said, I don't know why I'm the only one that has to do all this. I would think the husband missing his wife would. But Barry shot back at this, claiming that he had not been included in any of the plans for this search, saying, if they had asked me to help, I would have helped. Nobody has contacted me because Andy's doing this for a publicity stunt. Personally, I would be doing as much as possible to gain publicity if one of my loved ones had gone missing. So I'm really not quite sure why Barry sees any publicity around his wife's disappearance as a negative thing. Um, I think Andrew's obviously trying to get a publicity stunt. I mean, I would be doing the same exact thing. I would want as many people in the world to know who my loved one was and that they were missing and what they looked like. Um, yeah, so that part I was very confused on why that would, why publicity around his wife's disappearance would be a negative thing. Um, Andrew responded by defending his search. He said it was a very serious search. He mentioned that there were 500 plus volunteers who had shown up as well as the advanced technology that they would be using to map the search. This technology was provided by Environmental Research Institute, which has been used in the past by law enforcement and other public safety officials. The technology um, is basically an app that the searchers can all log into. Um, they all have their own login and the app is capable of tracking them as long as they have their cell phone on them. Um, even if they lose cell service, it doesn't matter. It will track their whereabouts. That way they can map out which areas they have searched, which is especially helpful when you're in a rural or mountainous area. It's a little bit more difficult to do searches in that kind of um, environment. The app also allowed searchers to take notes in certain areas that they found to be important and take photos of anything that they thought could be possible possible evidence and obviously mark where they had found it so that they don't have to touch it. Law enforcement can come over and all of the necessary steps can be taken at that point. Now, just four days later on September 28th, according to Dara Bittler reporting for KDVR, evidence is found um, near Suzanne's home, which is related to her disappearance. 
This is all law enforcement would say about it. They wouldn't say anything further, obviously, again, because it's an ongoing investigation. A little bit of time goes by, and on October 6th, Barry Morphew ends up putting the family home up for sale. He lists the home for about $1,759,000. Now, I think that a lot of people think this is strange um, to put up your family's home just a few months after your wife and the mother of your children have gone missing. But from what I could find, the Morpheus had only purchased and lived in that home for about two years prior to Suzanne disappearing. So to me, it seems less strange considering it's not a home where they had spent their entire lives and that maybe there was, you know, somewhere else in the country. I know they had moved there from out of state. So to me, I would I would think they might have a stronger support system at a, in a different area of the country that they might want to be getting back to, um, considering that their family didn't live in Colorado. So that's a little bit more understandable to me. Um, after this... Things go really, really quiet for this case. Um, law enforcement at this point has conducted over 130 searches, including warrants that had been executed. Those warrants still remain sealed. They had spent over 4,000 hours on this case. Over 1,100 total tips had been called in, and over 180 interviews had been conducted. Still, no arrests had been made, and Suzanne was still missing. Law enforcement was by no means giving up. Um, on October 29th, a private dive team called Adventures with Purpose came to Colorado to search the nearby bodies of water between Salida and Denver. I hope I said that right. I think it's Salida. I saw it pronounced a few different ways, so I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, one member of this Adventures with Purpose team, his name was Jared Lysick, spoke with uh, Fox 21 News and said, quote, one of the things that people coming back to is Barry. You know, he was very wet. He had the hotel room. There are three ponds that are near that. We're also dealing with the mine shaft, also dealing with some of the hunting grounds, end quote. Unfortunately, this is another surge that ends up empty handed. Now you can tell there's a lot of area that these this law enforcement is trying to cover. He there's like he said mine shafts. When he says hunting grounds, I have read that Barry was an avid hunter, so he would know the land well and um, know how to navigate that for sure. I'm not sure what he was referring to when he said he was very wet. I can only imagine that. He's thinking back to the statement from Jeff Puckett where he said that maybe Barry had taken a shower and that there were wet towels on the ground. Um, I'm not exactly sure where he got that part from. Um, but shortly after this, on November 10th, law enforcement releases a statement in which they, you know, just re reassure the public that they're very active on the case. They're not giving up. They thank the public for their support. Um and, you know, remind them that they can't share whatever they have, whatever information has come in to preserve the in integrity of this investigation. And that's pretty much it. The case goes really silent after this. Little to no information coming out. 
but it wouldn't be too long before the public would learn about a major break in the case. At approximately 9.15 a.m. on May 5th of this year, the Chaffee County Sheriff's Office arrested Barry Morphew for murder in the first degree, tampering with physical evidence, and attempt to influence a public servant in connection with the murder of Suzanne Morphew. On May 18th, according to Robert Garrison reporting for the Denver Channel, Prosecutors added tampering with a deceased human body, a class three felony, and possession of a dangerous weapon, a class five felony, to the list of charges Barry is facing. Barry is accused of attempting to influence eight public servants, including three agents with the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, an FBI agent, a Chafee County Sheriff's deputy, and the chief investigator with the 11th Judicial District Attorney's Office, as well as as two other individuals whose positions were not listed. Aside from this, Barry is also facing forgery charges after he admitted to submitting a mail-in ballot in last year's election under Suzanne's name. Now, the arrest affidavit in the case is currently sealed, which means we do not know what information led to Barry's arrest or the charges filed against him. But legal analyst Scott Robinson told Nine News that or shared with us what could be the basis of tampering with a with a deceased human body. Um, Scott said, quote, tampering with the human body can mean a lot of things. In this case, it may just be a suspicion by the investigation by the investigators, or it may mean that they found a location that it appeared the body was at at some point and has either been hidden somewhere else or now destroyed. That would be the basis of that charge, which is a serious felony carrying up to 32 years in it of itself. Scott also shared that the possession of a dangerous weapon would mean that he had a firearm silencer, a machine gun, a short shotgun, a short rifle, or a ballistic knife. I have heard from other news outlets that the firearm that they believe to be the dangerous weapon um, would be a short rifle. I'm not sure how they know that. I'm not sure what led them to that information. Um, but I, I did see that that is what they, um, what they cited for the dangerous weapon charge. Now, Barry Morphew is currently being held without bond in the Chafee County jail and is obviously innocent until proven guilty. Unfortunately, Suzanne Morphew still has not been found This case is still ongoing, and I will be staying as up-to-date with it as possible, and I will share updates with you guys um, as well on upcoming episodes, probably at the beginning or at the very end, um, and just give you guys short updates on what's going on, as well as on my social media. You can find this podcast on Instagram and Facebook at True Crime Cases Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at TC Cases Pod. Um, feel free to give episode suggestions. Tell me what cases that you guys want to hear most. Um, and as always, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Allison Mendes, 
and you can find all of my sources for this episode listed in the episode notes on our website. I will be back next Tuesday with a brand new episode.